Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! Danny, boy, Reginald, back with you again for another great edition of the Sports Sandy Podcast on the Sports Sandy Network. The seventh inning, game eight. We are so glad that you folks can join us for another exciting week here on SIP. I'm joined with my cast characters and with Bill Corpus Crispy Murphy. Bill, join in. What's going on, folks? Bill Corpus Crispy Murphy here. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time zone you are in. And of course, I'm so happy this guy's back in the fold. We missed him. We were fell lost without him. And it's so good to see his presence and rocking the New York Mets jerseys, even though the New York Mets are hitting a little bit of the injury bug. The one and only old Lops guy, Halpern. Mark, it's so good to see you, man. We were worried about you. Welcome back, Mark. Yes, just just call me the uh, man who has survived it all so far. Mm, yep. You're indestructible. Yeah. Tell my wife that. <laughs> oh, Mark, we are so glad that you're feeling better. You know, he was under weather for the last few days. So, so glad that you're feeling better. And ready to come on and uh, do a show with us. Um, by the way, Old Ops Guys, uh, new show, The 19th Hole, just released its new episode this week on Monday. So um, please uh, join in uh, with him and Ross, the caddy, Mason. Yes, Ross finally earned a nickname. And I thought it was pure apropos what it is. Yeah. You know, hopefully one day Ross will graduate to golf pro, but it's going to take a while. Yeah, it'll take a while. <laughs> All right, so we got a lot to talk about, and Old House Guy has the rundown for us. What, what's our first topic? Well, we're going to be diving into uh, baseball, obviously, because, you know, that's the sport we're in right now. And we're going to talk about this briefly because we're going to be looking for a, a video blog from our good partner, Bill Corpus Crispy Murphy, on this event that happened at Yankee Stadium between Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson with an apparent name calling which turned into a much bigger problem because it ended up in an event-clearing brawl the next day. Dan, Bill, quickly, um, what you... Bill, we know we're going to have a blog for you, so make sure you keep it thin. Dan, you go first. I really, I really think that this was all building up from the weekend before when... Tim Anderson tried to go back to third base and Donaldson put his knee towards uh, his hand and all that stuff. It was, I think that sort of spilled over to this past weekend and, and, and all Donaldson talk and all that stuff that just added to what was already building up. So, and they, they have past beef. So it's like everything, it's just everything coming together. I don't think, Donaldson by saying Jackie, I'm just going to expose it. I don't think that was a racist intent. However, it was the wrong thing to say. It was the wrong time to say it. And I do think Donaldson deserves to be suspended. Bill. Um, here's what I think. Um, and I'll keep my comments brief because as Mark said, uh, there's going to be a blog post coming out for me on this very soon. But um. Yeah, I, I just think this is a um, – I think calling Donaldson racist is a little bit of a stretch. Um, I think this was just a dumb comment that was made, and I think it was just something that was blown way out of proportion. Right. And I don't know how you guys think that Tim Anderson handled it last night, and I should know because I was there. Um, how talk. he went shh to talk. the crowd after he hit a three-run home run because – Mm -hmm. 
the okay. other at bats when he stepped in that plate the first time and like i said i was there that stadium let him at it and as i said to bill and dan again this is no offense to any of the three of us that's yankee fans that's Dallas Cowboy fans, and that's Philadelphia Eagles fans. Yeah. We are the worst fans in all sports, and we'll let you know it for the weakest of things. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Tim Anderson shut them up with the three-run home the run. Moment yeah, and, and he, on that place went dead quiet. He's allowed to talk. He's allowed to talk. You know, he, look, he obviously very offended by the Donaldson comments, and, of course, the Yankees just punking the White Sox out for you know, four game or three games straight. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get that. Um but no, no, let let Tim Anderson talk, let him have his moment. And you know, if he really wants to be like Jackie Robinson change the game, that's how you're gonna do it. Yep. You know? But look forward to Bill Murphy's uh vlog on this. It'll be more in depth with a lot more. And Bill is a very good storyteller. So he will definitely have some good points on this. Now you'll love it, folks. Oh, we know we will, Bill. Now, here's something. Dan, where were you 20 years ago? What was I 20 years ago? Oh, geez. yes. 20 years ago. Uh, I don't know what else in 20 years ago. I was seven and <laughs> you, know. you were seven. So you were in grade school. Bill, yeah. you were, I think, the same age. I was uh, eight. You, okay. So Bill and Dan, you're both in grade school. I had graduated college. That's to show you how older I am than these guys. And I had started running my first business. However, I was at home watching one of the greatest six at-bats I have ever watched in a ball game. Sean Green, 20 years ago today, became the 14th player, not only to hit four home runs. He goes six for six, drives in a total of seven, and set the current major league record of 19 total bases. In this is a feat that is almost impossible to beat. Not it, it's almost impossible. It's probable, but it's almost impossible. For it to happen, not only do they have to repeat the four home runs, because that's going to give you those 16 bases, you got to have two doubles in there. So that means you're going six for six with four home runs and two doubles or a single and a triple. Anyone will tell you that's impossible. Bill, six yes. for six with those type of numbers on a day. In the past 20 years, have you seen a player ever do something close to that in your watching the baseball? No. Okay, Dan. I've seen many people go five for five, including the captain, Derek Jeter, in the playoffs. That is true. He did. I, I have never seen anyone do anything remotely close to that. Now, neither have, neither have I, and I've been watching baseball for a long time. His six for six was the last six for six I've ever seen. Yeah, I've seen five, as Dan mentioned, the one Yankee I actually do enjoy, except during the 2000 World Series, Derek Jeter did go by five for five in the playoffs, which was unreal. But... In today's modern day of baseball, when you think about the way balls fly out of here, is it possible it could be broken? And if so, I want you guys to think right now in current, and I'm going to go first to give you guys a chance to think, who could possibly do it? Now, I'm going from today's stats, not anybody from the past. I'm talking about today's players. The only person that I can see with the possibility of pulling four home runs, and two, at least a double and a triple or a single and a triple. And people are going to, are going to laugh at me when I say this is Francisco Lindor. Hmm. He, and this is not because I'm a Mets fan. I watched this guy in Cleveland and he, he's a fantastic bat. He runs the bases well enough. So he's that combination that you, that you need. Dan, we're going to go to you. Who would you think? in today's field of players, could possibly do it. Mookie Betts. Okay. Speed. Guy can hit. He's a run producer for sure. Um, So I I bank on him. I'm going to give you another one. 
Okay. You're going to be surprised. Chris Bryant, when healthy. When healthy? Ooh, that's actually a good point, especially in mile high. Because he can hit the ball and low-key, not a bad base runner. Even with his old age? No, they were saying his, his eyes on the pass were still good. Yeah. So, when healthy, Chris okay. Bryant as well. Mr. Corpus Crispy. Mr. Olaps guy. Who do you think in today's field could not only replicate, but break that total? Ooh, that is a very, very good question. And I really don't know who, and I'm probably going to go with the safest pick I can do, and that's Mike Trout. Okay. Um, There's nothing. It's not, it's not a bad one. I like it's it. It's not a bad pick at all. Mike Trout, when healthy. No, is, when he's healthy, he's amazing. He's one of, if not the most dangerous person in the plate or the field. That is why he's he's valued at so much. He brings so much to the table. A wild card pick for me. I'm going to stick with the Angels and say Shohei. Ooh, that's a good one. Shohei um, Otani. Because he can slap that ball. Like, he has a lot of power. So, um, that's someone that I would definitely think about, too. Um, this is a record that during my time as a sports fan, this is a record that is, I, I, you can't call it highly coveted, yeah. but it's hard to replicate. Well, here's the thing. Everyone strikes out 200 times a year. During Sean Green's playing days, if you struck out 200 times a year, you were cut off the team. You know, right. it, it was something that every single baseball player would hate. Striking out, they would do everything to make sure they don't do, they do not get a K, especially looking. And a lot of these players strike out looking now. Mm-hmm. Now, and so yeah, it, it's tougher. It, it is tougher. I mean, Dan's got a very good point. Players are now being paid 50 times that what they were getting paid during 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. These guys are not up worrying about certain things they're worrying about getting their dollars no offense to all baseball fans it's true that, that, that it's true bill we watch i look i look at the mets with their 290 million dollar payroll the yankees at about 230 is dan and my statement wrong is that players are more in it for the money than they are otherwise um if you were to speak generally, um, I'm not going to say all of them. I think there are some who do really love the game, but I'm not saying they don't love the game. I'm saying they would rather be in it for the money than out there playing. I think that that's an accurate statement for a good chunk of Major League Baseball. Right. And that's the unfortunate thing. There are certain records that are attainable. Very hard to get. This is one of them. Joe DiMaggio's record, very hard to do. It will be done one day. Probably not in my lifetime, maybe not in these guys' lifetime. It'll be done one day. But this is a record to me that is most pure because hitting four home runs is one. It is just not easy. It's very, very hard to hit a home run in any day or form. But to go six for six... That's just unheard of in today's, today's language, so to speak. But moving on, we're gonna, I'm going to briefly talk about the Mets because Dan and I were bringing this up earlier. The Mets have hit an injury bug as of lately, unfortunately. The pairing of DeGrom and Scherzer that we were hoping to see at the beginning of this season was marred by Jacob's shoulder stress fracture. But Max took them out. Now Max has an oblique injury. He's out six weeks at least. So the pairing of Scherzer DeGrom that the Mets fans are so willing, waiting to see won't happen until after the All-Star break. So we'll be waiting for that. As of right now, the Mets hold the seven and a half game lead, and I'm very happy for that. And we'll hopefully be able to keep that up as we are going on. Bit of good news. You know, I always like good news. I like and good news. We were talking about last week that the uh, Diamondbacks have brought up their top prospect, the Baltimore Orioles bring up 
Adley, I am the next Johnny Bench catcher Rutschman. He has been he has been the number one prospect in the Orioles organization for a long time. I have watched the guy play on TV. I've watched highlights of him. I have watched a lot. This kid could pan out. I want to hear Dan's thoughts first on Adley Rutschman coming up for the Orioles. Well, it's a, a long time coming. Like he's worked his butt off just to get this chance, and he did. And boy, what a chance that was. No, it wasn't his first at bat. It was maybe what his second, third. I think it was his third at bat. Something like that. He hits a triple, and that was his first major league hit. And of course, Baltimore fans are going nuts over him and enjoy it while it lasts. You know, he ain't staying in Baltimore. Um, no. But I mean, Rutschman, I mean, it's something that the Orioles need someone that's young, someone that's hip, someone that can get something going. You know, something that's so exciting. And and, it's exciting for everyone in baseball. And Dan Dan just used a a, a verbiage that uh, my dad used. It's hip. I don't think I've heard that thrown into regular language in a long time. It's hip. (laughs) It's cool. It's with it. (laughs) Sorry, Dan. I I get to read that. It's fine. (laughs) Bill, Adley Rutschman, the top, well, the, the number two prospect catcher in all of minor league has been called up. It's about time. He's been hitting the ball well, and all like, I, like Reg said, is he gonna la- Is he gonna last in um in Baltimore or go somewhere else? We're gonna have to see. Adley Rutschman is under control for a while. You and know, yes, Dan, he is hip. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> we, we, we gotta bust your chops, Dad. We're sorry. I, I mean, I, I mean, and, and that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but his, his stats and. In Norfolk is crazy, though. Yeah. I, I mean, as a baseball card collector and dealer, I just did very well on everything he had. I just got rid of it all. Because, like Dan says, who knows how long he's going to stay up in Baltimore. He might get sent down if he's doing bad. And then Bill puts it clear, how long is he actually going to stay in Baltimore after control is done? So, Adley Rutschman, as is a long time coming, is one of the is the second big, big prospect to be brought up and sure certainly won't be the last this season. We will be seeing a lot more prospects coming up from a lot of different organizations. Mm-hmm. And the three right now being talked about, yes, are the Mets, Oakland, which I have no understanding why, and Seattle. And I had to look at Oakland and Seattle's minor league. I can't even figure out who the heck they didn't even think about bringing up right now. Well, I understand Oakland with the Montes injury scare, maybe, but I don't know who. Yeah, it, it's going to be someone that's going to surprise because that's what the A's always do. They always find someone that we have no idea who the hell the heck he is, and then all of a sudden he becomes a star, and you know, and then he comes to the Mets or the Yankees. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, I said Adley Rutschman was the number two. I have to make a correction statement because in technicality, according to a website, he is the number one ranked catching prospect. Number two is Francisco Alvarez. Okay. Right behind him. So I am even that man to say Frankie is not number one. He will be, but we'll, we'll wait for Frankie to come up yeah. sooner than later. Obviously, you know, the longer Rushman stays up in the major leagues, that will propel exactly. Alvarez to the, the top. Exactly. With the McCann injury, a lot of people thought the Mets would have brought him up by now. I was one of the ones who's thinking they would rush him up, but I'm kind of glad that they brought up Patrick Mazika because my Mazika has been hitting the ball. So it works for me, but Mazika is not going to be there for the long haul. I think we'll see Alvarez sooner than later before the all-star break. He'll be up yeah. and we'll get a good look at him. Yeah. Again, I'm sorry about the injury bug. You know, yeah, the, it, happening at the, the not a good time. This is oh, what it's happens. like to be a Mets fan, a Cowboys fan, a Knicks fan, and a Rangers fan, except for the Rangers part that's actually doing good this year. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, but three of my teams, I, I mean, always look good in the beginning, but somehow we always get more people on the IL, the DL, or the IR faster than anybody else. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like, it, 
I think what's good about the Mets now is that they can afford three weeks of struggling baseball and still be at the top of their division because the rest of the division's crap. Yeah, thank God. I mean, so, of, of all the teams, we said Atlanta would be the only one to possibly challenge them, even though the Phillies did look like they had a team on paper, and that's exactly yeah. all it is it's on paper. Um, Atlanta, the Phillies, and the Nationals are currently eight games, seven and a half games back of the Mets at this point. So if the Mets were to drop a couple, like Dan said, over the next three weeks and they have a four game lead, that's still fine. Yeah. So and they'll again, and they'll still win games, you know. Right. I, I have faith in Mr. Cookie Carrasco. Oh, and the pitching performance by him on Saturday and then Tejon Walker on Sunday. Mm-hmm. From the back of your end starters, that's what you want. Yeah. Bill, I I, I see you looking sad. You, you said that my Mets are just better than your Yankees? No, I'm just staring into the abyss and in deep thought. Um, no, no, listen. Hey, listen, it's only May, buddy. There you go, Bill. There's the life we like to see. It's only May. Calm yeah. down. And, don't, and, don't get the World Series party ready and, yet. And, Bill, we have all of our starters. And, by the way, the Yankees starting pitching. Where the Let's hell talk is, about where, where the, the mustache. That? Where was that? Yeah, no. Nasty Nestor, baby. Love that guy. Cortez. I mean, Bill, the more you, the more we talk about Cortez, the more your argument stays as the ace. Okay. For those of you who don't know what Dan's talking about, let me fill you in. Um, Was it last week or two weeks ago? I want to say it was two weeks ago. Sometimes, sometime ago. Yes. It was like two weeks ago. I said that. Nestor that that Nestor Cortez could possibly replace Derek Cole as the Yankees' new ace. And don't get me wrong, I love Derek Cole. I love Derek Cole. Don't get me wrong, but I I'm starting to think that that may be true. Because correct me if I'm wrong, I don't have the stats in front of me. You know what? Give me uno momento, por favor. Um. I think Nestor Cortez has a better ERA than Garrett Cole. Wouldn't surprise me. About, about a run or so. Yes. What was that? It's about a run or so better. Yes. Maybe a little more than that. Yeah. But um. But you know what? I, again, love Garrett Cole, but I think nasty Nestor Coley might, might be giving you a run for your money. So you better watch out. Now, mind you, I'm the fan looking on the outside in at all this. I last year had said, I'm liking this kid, Nestor. But I agree with Dan that he's got a ways to go. Yeah. I'm kind of eating my words right now. I am How are they tasting, impressed. Mark? They, know, they don't taste good when I'm wrong, though. I don't yeah. like being wrong. How about I put a little Tabasco on there? How, how do you think that'll go? Nice and spicy. Yeah. <laughs> look, look uh, I, I doubted Cortez as a starter because he – Brought when he started with the Yankees, he was a reliever and he was terrific out of the pen. So I wanted to keep him in the pen because he's just flights out. I didn't think that would translate into the starting role because being a starter is tougher. And so far, he has far exceeded my expectations. So, you know, tip your cap. You know, I have to go get myself a Cortez shirt pretty soon. Well, you might have to because this is a trend that is turning in the uh, in the in the NFL in Major League Baseball, and I'm going to transition this right over to the Cincinnati Reds because the Reds are doing something similar with a star by the name of Hunter Green, mm-hmm. who was originally drafted as a relief pitcher and is now starting. Almost had a perfect game, but got broken up, and has pitched better than seven strikeouts per game that he's in and with fastballs topping over 103 miles an hour at times. Yeah. Is this the new trend in baseball? We're going to see relievers who become starters more. I mean, it's not uncommon. I mean, you know, Bill and I have already gone through this with Phil Hughes and um, Jabba Chamberlain. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Remember that that from the past. Mr. The, the, the bug man, as I remember him. Like, remember that? Yes. Like, oh, the, the, yeah, he the, was. Those, those are the most recent examples I could think of at the top of my head. Um, I know with the Mets, Seth Lugo no. has tried. 
it didn't quite work, work out. out. <laughs> I mean, he, he was okay, but he's better as a reliever. And he knows mm-hmm. it. And that's why he's staying in his lane. But I see this as a positive influence on Major League Baseball, showing that bullpen pitchers are more versatile than they seem. Yeah. I mean, he's especially just- the long guy. The long guys, you know, when in this day age of analytics, they use the openers nowadays. So, yeah, like I, I, I kind of agree. Now, it, to put it in a financial aspect, Nestor Cortez is probably making the major league minimum around seven hundred and forty grand a year. Wait until his arbitration comes up next year that he's going to arbitrate for. Yeah, you have to understand in this current system in MLB, you know. Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner are going to do everything possible to make sure that they can keep this man under control until he's like mid thirties or whatever, close to it. And then pay him like a gardener. Okay. So now I'll give him a giant check on whatever you want. Okay. Now this put, I love when this happens, we're doing something that's not on the rundown and it's a question for the both of you. Let's get to it. You ready? End of the season happens. We're going to put Nestor Cortez and we're putting Aaron Judge as both being unrestricted free agents. Okay. Who do you pay? And you can only pay one. Fifth pitcher, 100%. Okay. Why? Nothing against Aaron Judge. I mean, Judge gives you a lot of production. I think you can replace Judge. Okay. That's a very. It's tough to replace pitchers. Okay. Bill. Oh boy, you gave me a really tough question here, Mark. That's just that's just me. That's just me. Yeah. Um, Bill, go ahead. Sorry. God, this is a really hard question. Um, I was originally going to say Judge because he's really whacking the ball, but I think I might kind of agree with Dan here. Is because pitching has been a problem for the Yankees over the years. We know this, and. Right. I think, you know, that you have Cole, you have Nestor, I'll even throw Seve in there. You have three very good pitchers. I don't want to say top notch. We can sort of say top notch. It's They're getting there. B plus, A minus range. We'll go then. Sure. You know, we have three B plus to A range pitchers, and – as much as I love Aaron Judge, and trust me, I do love Aaron Judge, it is more of a pitching game here. And I think Cortez has been so hot right now. Mm-hmm. Damn it, Mark, that's like asking me who my favorite relative is. Yeah. Um, but it's a very tough question, and I'm glad it came up because it's getting a little bit more verbiage out of all of us. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe at the end of the se- at the end of the season, I guarantee you, we're going to be having this conversation again, aren't we? Probably. Well, yeah, I mean, look, look, you're what's especially with Judge, you know, he's going to be like egging the Yankees to give him a big contract, and he's made his intentions very clear. He wants to remain in pinstripes. Uh, I'm not going to say you're wrong back. Uh, he's. But I think very answering clear. the question, I'm just making a general statement. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. Um, I think if I'm Hal Steinbrenner or Brian Cashman, and regardless of whether Cashman's going to be here or not next year, that's a whole nother conversation. But uh, I, I think he's I think he's earned his right. But um, and that's a different debate for a different day. But anyway, um, but anyway, if I'm them and the and the Yankees end up really good this year and playoffs or possibly world series bound or just anything i would be figuring out okay what can we do to keep both of them and that's and in baseball there are no restrictions on a salary cap so it's not the fact that the team like the yankees doesn't have the money it's the question is we're going to pay judge 300 million we're going to pay cortez 300 million we're already paying garrett cole 300 million are we going to get good return on investment? That's where everything falls down. To. Yeah, because this is something I've been concerned about. And don't get me wrong, folks. I love Aaron Judge. I love him. When he hit that home run yesterday, 
when in the first game, because I was there for both games, and I just want to say on a quick side note, you will never know your true potential until you sit out for a doubleheader in 90-degree weather. You will never know your true potential until you do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to one-up him when this conversation's done, but that's okay. But, um, but anyway, no, when he hit that home run, I'll be honest, I was joining in the MVP chance. Look, Aaron Judge is the face of the New York Yankees. Oh, that place went nuts when he hit that home okay. run in the first game. But here's what's going to happen. Aaron Judge is a UFA, unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He right now can do whatever he wants. He can win the MVP, win Silver Slugger, whatever he's going to do, win a World Series. He'll be able to write his own number as that happens. And if the Yankees, and Dan knows I've said this, and he's about to close his eyes and shake his head. Sure. If the Yankees pass on him, he's gone. He, he's going to the Mets, guaranteed. If no, if he does, if, we. If, oh, I'm sorry, Mark. I cut you sorry. Off. Go ahead. If the Yankees do not give him what he wants, and I, we all know it's in the range of ten years, three hundred to three hundred and fifty million. Steve Cohen will give him a check and say, "Welcome to the Mets." Yeah, I'm Stevie. It. But here's the thing, and but you know we ha- Judge has those times though that he does slump and. If you give him the money, are you going to be sitting there thinking, oh, God, this was such a waste of money? Well, it's not not only the slumps, Bill, but the injuries, too. Yes, because yeah. Judge has been very injury-prone, though, so, too. Thank, and, thank, and, sorry and for that, God, thank you for reminding and, me. And again, that's why at 31 years old, I'm not committing 10 years to Judge. You can't. No, but I'm right. also thinking, you know, I'm, I'm also thinking Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner would be foolish if – Yank, if Judge wins MVP, AL MVP, if he goes, if he takes the Yankees to the freaking World Series and they win the whole thing, if, if I'm Cashman or Steinbrenner, I'd sit down with Judge and go, all right, Aaron, name your price. Well, right. but yeah, you, again, you, you, you're stuck with him. Exactly. These are guaranteed, that's a good, Dan, that's these are a good guaranteed contracts. So that's why I think. To be honest, like if the Yankees don't do it, I, I think it's a s- smarter move. But we got to see where where this goes, and because, like I said, yeah. I really love Aaron Judge. Yeah, I, I mean, really would it, love it, the, the hope is that they can negotiate something so that they don't have to, you know, spend whatever. I think both, because you know what, I think both. I think because we said this when we first talked about this in April when. When Judge said that he wasn't going to take the deal, I think both sides need to do something that's very foreign in our world. And you know what that is? Compromise. I think both the Yankees and Judge need to meet in the middle. And Judge needs to say, okay, because you're not going to get like Jeter type contracts here, buddy. Like he is going to be the next Derek Jeter, even though it's two different. Oh, shoot. I... Well, to Derek Jeter, if I mind you, Dan, you'll be able to correct me. If I, I'm remembering correctly. He had a 10-year, $180 million deal. Was his longest tenure with the Yankees. I believe it was 10-1-8. Something like that. You're essentially saying that judges were double what Jeter was worth. Well, shoot. Open mouth, insert for it. It's Um, okay, Bill. I did that on purpose. But anyway. Making um, you laugh a little bit. It's okay. Yeah, but no, anyway, because... Judge is basically becoming the next Jeter. And what I mean is he's become, like what you said a few minutes ago, he's become the face of the Yankees. Right. And that, and that's the key to it. And we'll see what the Yankees and judge do. This was a fun little thing that we're going to start doing is going to be random questions during SIP to get more banter out of all of us instead of a scripted run. And I think this went well. This did. It was a good project. But we're going to move over to football. Uh, go, uh, just a, uh, oh, sorry, it, we're going to go right back it, to that. It's a 10 year quickly. Was the 10 yeah. year 189? 189. I was close. And then, okay. uh, and then after that contract, it was a three year 51. So, okay. So, the, what, the reason why I said what I said to you, Bill, was just to build on this type of topic so we can work with it. That's all. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. 
she could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Make sure to like us on Facebook by searching SIN Sports Insanity Podcast, and also follow us on Twitter by searching at SIN Sports Insanity. And now back to the bottom half of the inning on the Sports Insanity Podcast. We're going to talk football, and we're only going to talk about two little categories. Okay. And Dan is going to be leading us on one of them because it really talks about the team where he is located right now. But the first news is quarterback Nick Foles signs on to be Matt Ryan's backup. And the only thing I could say to this when I saw that is when the Colts get to the Super Bowl and they have to face Tom Brady, they know they can sit Matt Ryan because Nick Foles can at least beat him. That, that was my only statement about that. <laughs> yeah, because makes, Matt Ryan, remember, if it's 28 to 3, take him out of the game. Trust me, as I said to Dan earlier, if the Indianapolis Colts start the Super Bowl, Matt Ryan won't be the starting quarterback. It'll be Nick Foles. But the Washington, oh, I can't believe I have to say this, commanders Did that hurt? are hunting for a new nesting ground i guess that's how we want to put it dan on to you so the washington commanders uh their lease at fedex field in landover maryland is up in the next like four years like 2026 whatever so there's been obviously everything's up in the air like are they going to stay in maryland or they can go back to dc um and everything and uh Right now, for that area in Landover, the plan is to redevelop that area without the commanders, which means they're going to be they're going to be searching for a new home. People have touted DC, but DC doesn't have a lot of land space other than wherever RFK is, and RFK right now is owned by the federal government, so they would have to take over from the federal government, which is a tough process in itself, and. As I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think DC leaders don't want the RFK site to be for another stadium. They want it to be for for affordable housing and stuff. So it's either there or nowhere else in DC would work. So you no, know, that that's sort of the tough part. So knowing this, the Commanders actually made a purchase on 200 acres of land in Woodbridge, Virginia. Now, they had been talking with Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin about possibly moving there. They've been in talks for a while. They just purchased land, I guess, with the intent. Now, again, this is not since no, like the, the commanders can still go to D.C. They can still stay in Maryland. Like They, they have to look across the, the rest of the national capital region to, um, to, to see like if they can find better offers who's going to offer more money but right now based on the fact that they bought land in virginia it seems like virginia is the clear front runner here for a new stadium and probably new headquarters i would think and that would be interesting you know however the only way i would be happy is if dan snyder leaves the nfl but that's not going to happen either bill yeah, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because how you did like the random question in the last segment, I was going to do this as a random question, but since you brought that up. There have been mountain reports and um, Sports Illustrated just published an article on it like 20 something minutes ago. Okay, obviously, I don't know about it, but you're reading it. Go ahead. But the NFL owners, there has been talk over the last few days that the NFL owners are mm. mounting to vote out. Yeah. Yeah, Dallas had a big thing about Jerry Jones being one of the 
front runners of leading the charge on this. I did not know that. Yeah, for, you think that's for, a... To remove Dan Snyder's owner. I mean, it's... I don't know what the ratification would have to be, but uh, yeah. something it, it's definitely something to bring up on a uh, for a podcast in and of itself because that's a topic to talk a good amount on, though. No, because I remember hearing about it this weekend, and then I forgot about it, and then I went, oh, no, that's that. I'm glad Boom. you brought it up because I have an interesting idea to use for that. But that is a very good idea on what it's what does it take to replace an NFL owner. Yeah. Apparently, it says right here. I'm going to read some of this article for you folks. Um, okay, it says, okay, after a day filled with loitering, it says right here. I one executive said I wouldn't expect much on the status of Commanders owner Dan Snyder over the league's two days here in Buckland. In response to the USA Today story that the owners are counting votes, one executive said, we'd have to know a lot more than we do now for the league to get the 24 necessary votes. So you're talking better than two-thirds of the owners have to approve of him being removed. Trust me, that's easier said than being done, but there's definitely more to that that I want to look into before we go into more on it. Bill, great. Now you just set us for a good extra innings. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, so that's what's happening with the commanders, obviously, oh. the, the dance sire nonsense and the new stadium. I, I'm just going to fly out and say people in Maryland are pissed. <laughs> but they might be moving to Virginia. Because, well, because, I mean, are they more pissed they're moved or they're more pissed at the new name? Well, I think they're, they're more, they're, I think they're going to be more upset when they move because from Landover, Maryland, the FedEx field to their proposed new site in Woodbridge would take on a typical DC traffic day about an hour. Okay. So you're talking about people who come from Maryland to go to Woodbridge, Virginia. It takes about an hour to get there. Like it's it's a tough drive, and it, it's far from DC. So you know it's um a lot. So I that there's I think fans are starting to you know get a little upset. They may be abandoning Maryland a little bit, and of course, it, 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 as far as DC goes, like you know everyone across the the city wants the commanders to come back to DC because that's their rightful home. So even with their stupid name. (laughs) Yeah. Even with the stupid name, (laughs) but football is brewing. We're going to have more on football later on during our SIP as we get closer to OTAs and other fun notions. But Dan brought up something earlier in the podcast the 19th hole aired the other day, and that is our golf podcast hosted by me and Mr. Ross, the caddy Mason. And Ross and I will be coming live with the fill-in on the PGA Championship and everything. But one thing we just want to make note on, the episode is up for the first two parts. We will have a closing episode and a wrap-up episode. You can find it on Anchor, Spotify, and on our YouTube channel. So mm. please tune into the 19th hole and hats off to Mr. Justin Thomas, who was in third place as of Saturday, but made it to the playoff with Will Zalatoris and then birdie two out of three during the playoff to win it all. Congratulations, Justin. Please look out for the article and tune in next week when we talk about it more. On to a sport I really don't talk much about, only since the Rangers are actually in it, hockey. (laughs) <laughs> you know that's that sport they play with sticks you know yeah not quidditch but other sticks the rangers i am so happier in the playoffs beat the penguins they were down 2-0 already to the uh, hurricanes yeah but like new york they threw a nor'easter back at them mm-hmm. coming back yesterday and winning game two Game three, sorry. Me being happy, and I love seeing an empty net goal. To me, they're just yeah. fun to see. I go nuts over it. it. To me, it's great. The team pulls their own on the goalie. It's like a simple putt. You just got to tap it in. Just give it a little tappy. 
Yeah, no, he slung that thing down the ice. <laughs> well, I mean, he was on the he was on the other end. He was yeah, there hurt. Yeah, and that to me that was great. And that is something. It's this was the move the Rangers needed. I think they're all about to wake up. Rangers coming back, baby. Well, let's hope. I, I hope so. I hope you're right. Because Dan, it's like what I said last week though, when um Mr. Mike the Pun Master Rifkin was here. Um, it's like what I said though. Um, lat, you know, when the Rangers came back and won, came back from being down three to one and won the series. I said this last week. Um, you can't dig yourself into another hole like this. Like, you know, and I was saying that yesterday because you know, while I was at the game. Um, somebody was behind me watching the game on watching the Ranger game on their phone. And but now I think um okay, we're recording this on a Monday game four is four. tomorrow, Tuesday. Correct. Tuesday, yeah. Um game four is tomorrow, Tuesday. And if the if the Rangers win tomorrow, then they're back in this thing. I mean it, it's tough because they have not been good on the road in the playoffs so far. So no, far, they. I, I think, think tomorrow is the must-win game. And I want to. I want to be there and agree with you, Bill. But the Hurricanes are a tough team. One and two. I I don't know if I could trust the Rangers on the road. I just don't. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. That that's what's getting to my point here, though, Reg. Um, if you, okay, if the if the Rangers win tomorrow, it's two to two, and then you go back on the road, and if they struggle in Carolina, and they lose Game Five, then Game Six is back of the Garden, and then Game Seven. Yes, we're going to be nervous because it's going to be back in Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be back in Carolina, but the thing is, is tomorrow, tomorrow game four again. By the time you listen to this podcast, that game could already be is already to be said and done, and the Rangers could still be in. They could maybe, be out, maybe, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe the game hasn't happened. Yet. I don't know. But but the thing is, it's like game four should be mental game seven for the Rangers because. This is like if you you win, you're back in the series. You lose, you got to go to Carolina for game five. And you don't want to go on the road when you're down three games to one. No. And yes, it happened. It happened. It happened in the last series with the Penguins. But, you know, what I said, like, again, what I said last week, Reg, don't, you don't want to keep digging yourself into that hole. Exactly. Because well, we can't have that mindset. Like, you know, I think it's good to have that mindset. Okay, we're down three games to one. We did this before. We did it again. But we can't just naturally think that because this could be a hole they dug They dug themselves in that they might not be able to get out of. And it's a possibility. Especially with a good team like Carolina. That, that, that's why you want to make sure. And this is where game one is really tough because they had the lead and they the hurricanes tied it and they went to overtime they lost it so you know the game one was tough because it, instead of the rangers being up 2-1 it's the hurricanes are up 2-1 right so and and of course going to the garden you have home ice advantage that's major major oh. in playoff and look at stadiums across this country across the world nobody's not ever heard of madison square garden the Garden is one of the most premier places to play yeah. and is one of the most scariest places to have to play in. But this is a must-win for the Rangers tomorrow. I don't think they can afford to lose it because, like Dan yeah. said, if you look at their record on the road, it's not good. Yeah. And I would be a big fear of them losing tomorrow and then having to go back to Carolina, having to win not only you have to win the next three games. Yeah, well, you, you, have to, you have to win two in Carolina to and, win the series. Exactly. You got to win. You got to, because if this series goes to get, because again, I got to say this again, 
you win game four, you go to game five and Car- game five is going to be in Carolina. Okay. If you lose in Carolina, you go back to the garden for game six. And, and then you, you got to the go to game seven in Carolina. And game seven is going to be in Carolina. You, you, you don't want that. You and don't nobody's want allowed so, to be around Mike Rifkin that day. He's to be on his own. Nobody bother him. If that he's going to be a, a, a Ross, too. Don't <laughs> Bill, be around Ross. Bill, you're not allowed to pick up your phone and look at him. <laughs> what was that? At all. You can't even look at his name. That's how much he'll be superstitious like I yeah. am at a Dallas game. Who, Rifkin so. or Ross? Rifkin. Ross? Rifkin. Ross is a huge Ranger fan. Ross, yes. Yeah, yeah, but Ross texts me during the right. Ranger game. You oh, he texts me during every Ranger game. game. You better have a very good reason. Mm. <laughs> Unless somebody's dying, do not text Rifkin. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I'll text him. Like, there's like a, a clear penalty that wasn't called. Right. Then I'll be like, yo, what the fuck? Excuse my language. And he'll text back but then other than that we keep it short and sweet because right. i if know you want to know what's happening in a ranger game at any time follow us on twitter because mike will tell you every 30 seconds of what's going on yeah. in one of three games and yeah. mike's really good about that with the hockey stuff. yeah follow him at the pun master rifkin exactly you want to know pun what's happening master in a ranger rifkin. game and you're afraid to look follow that you'll know what's happening yeah Pun Master Rifkin on Twitter, and of course, uh, SIN Breakaway for all the hockey content. Right. Now, going from the rubber puck to the large orange round ball of the NBA, coming into our final sport of the night, we saw the Warriors go up 3 nothing. Oh, boy. I'm kind of out of words because I didn't think the Dallas Mavericks were really going to be down 3 nothing at any point. Yeah. This season, I, I'm stunned too. Like, I mean, like I, I expect the Warriors to win this series because I think the uh, Warriors. I think they the Warriors lose it. Even Cur- they got to get rid of Steph Curry just because of it. I think that three zero was a bit of a stretch. I expected Dallas to win one of the games at home, and they they didn't. Yeah. Um, so, and it's not for the lack of bad play. Yeah, they're just being outperformed. Well, yeah, no, the Warriors have pretty much shown that they're the clear bear team and let's be real they're on their way to a finals appearance and probably could win the finals if they face the right team and i'll 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 say this about the eastern conference miami and boston those are not easy teams those are not easy especially boston you get boston on fire forget it like they're as hot as Stephen curry will be at three i mean and their defense is pretty good too when you look at what Boston has, I mean, Tatum and Jalen Brown, you got Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. uh, Al Horford, who's the biggest guy to hit three pointers, in my opinion. I mean, Boston's got an elite team, but we're also seeing a Mavericks team this year that was elite. It just proves anybody can be, be beaten. Just yeah. it takes so a good coach. Celtics, Warriors, NBA Finals. That's my prediction. It I mean Miami uh, can I mean right right now Miami's winning the series. In, in, uh, right against Boston. Um, so don't count them out. And again, Miami's a good team. They're one. They're one seed for a reason. Um, so the but now also missing their biggest playmaker. Yeah, I, I know. Butler, with Jimmy Butler, now done with his knee. He's he's officially done for the playoffs. And that's a big loss to a Miami team with someone who counts on his 20-plus points a game. And it's his leadership on the court as well. His knee is severely inflamed, and they're worried that it's an ACL injury. It's the last report I saw yesterday. They all, I, I, I think he might be playing, actually. If he's playing, then that is new news to me because as of yesterday, they said he was out indefinitely. So, <laughs> well, they said he would at least warm up. Well, so... Yeah. If Jimmy Butler's out there, good for him. If he's not, the Miami Heat will sorely miss him. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he's there for sure. Okay. Well, <laughs> so you got some pretty good teams left in the NBA. There's a lot of good basketball left to play, but in all likelihood, if you were to state it right now, the best two teams would be the Celtics and the Warriors. But if Miami can knock off the Celtics, then it's going to be Miami and the Warriors. I don't think the Mavericks can come back from being down 3-0. Does anybody think the Mavericks can come back being down 3-0? I don't think so. Damn. I mean, no. Uh, it's hard to do it. If they 
I mean, if they can pull off, great. But if, if not, like, what is the expectation now? Mavericks end the year. I know they got a bench fine for a hundred thousand dollars. Like Mark Cuban cares. Um, what is the situation to happen with Jalen Brunson? I know this is not on the rundown, and I apologize, but his name popped up on my screen. Jalen Brunson is a topic of a lot of teams' interest. One of them being our home team favorite. But I don't see the Knicks being able to put a trade good enough for him because the Knicks aren't going to give up anything big. Just they really don't have anything big to give up. Dan, do you think Jalen Brunson stays? Or now the season he's had, could he take over and being a starting point guard somewhere else? If I'm being real, like, you know, he's in a UFA. So in 2022 so it could be something that nick can go after if they want to but then you might ruin the culture of the young kids because you know we're we're excited about the kids with the knicks so so i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm not sure any other team though could you could definitely fit in any other team i think it'd be great and, and it definitely will be one of the bigger names to watch. Also, big name to watch on the trade market, and I know I'm throwing this in there, John Wall has been a series of names now out there who will be garnering some interest as they are looking to move on from him from his high-state contract. He's in the last year of that, so I don't think they'll have too much trouble making a move. Danny Boy, where can they find us on social media? So you can find us uh, if you follow the podcast Twitter. It's at SIN Sports Insane. I almost got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> at SIN Sports Insane on Twitter. And then um, if you follow the network Twitter, it's at S Insanity Real. Search us on Facebook as well. And then you can also go to the website, Mark. The website is www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com where you can look at all the latest blogs, listen to all the latest vlogs, especially it was a hot one coming up from Bill Corpus Crispy Murphy this week. We have lots of information on there. If you guys want to hear a certain topic talked about on SIP, let us know. Send an email. Follow us on Twitter, like Dan said. Send us a smoke signal. Send up the bat signal. We'll find it. We're part of Gotham. We're New York. Dan's in D.C., but that's okay. He'll see it from where he is. He's New York born and fed. Sure, why not? <laughs> but for Mark Oldoff's guy, Halpern. I'm Bill Corpus Crispy Murphy. Stay safe and take care. Danny Boy Reginald, and uh, I got to take care of this acid reflux. <laughs> and in the words of our two non-existent members tonight, the pun master. Everybody, namaste. Namaste. And, namaste. And for Patchy, kiss your mama because your mama loves you. Yep. Love you. Lo- love all the to mamas out there for sure. Exactly. Everybody, stay tuned for other live episodes that we're going to have coming up. And as always, stay safe and we'll check you soon. Bill, Olaf's guy, we have them right where we want them. The Rangers came out into the garden in game four and beat the Carolina Hurricanes four to one. Andrew Cobb leading the Rangers uh, with three points, two assists and a goal. Other goal scorers, Adam Fox, he had a goal. Frank Vetrano had a goal. Mika Zibanejad, also a goal scorer for the Blue Shirts. And let me just say this, as much as I still have a little bit of doubt, about how the Rangers are going to perform in Carolina because, let's be real, they did not play well in Carolina. I just have to say, I think they got under their skin a little bit. The Rangers have been playing very aggressive. I don't know if it's just, you know, just being at the Garden really changes the way they play or whatever it is. But I feel like the Rangers got to the Carolina Hurricanes a little bit. They got a little bit under their skin. It's really exciting. Carolina Hurricanes want to fight a little more all of a sudden. 
you know, the Rangers, you know, when they, you know, obviously initiate contact, start fights and all that stuff, it, it really gets to Carolina. So I'm actually really excited. Now, this is a big game five. They're back in Carolina. The Hurricanes are obviously going to try to, you know, take care of their home advantage. They've already done that. Even though the Rangers won at the Garden, Carolina still has the advantage uh, uh, because of the first two wins. So uh, they're obviously going to try to use that. But let's see if this aggressiveness of the Rangers can continue into game five. I'm really excited about this team. Um, and um, l- let's see. I-, I really, really do hope that the Rangers get the job done. Uh, they go back to the Garden, hopefully to close out the series. Over to the NBA, and what was a really tough night for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they-, they didn't play horribly, but you knew that the Warriors weren't all there. They did end up losing game four, 119-109. Uh, they will head back to San Francisco to try to close out the series again. But obviously with the uh, the tragedy that happened out at Uvalde, Texas, and of course Steve Kerr getting all emotional and all that stuff before the game, it, it, I feel like that really affected their play, and they weren't really all there. Uh, just quickly, uh, Stephen Curry had 20 points in the game. Draymond Green had 10 points. Wiggins had 13 points. Uh Clay Thompson was pretty much a no-show. He only had 12 points. And then for the Mavericks, their leading scorer, obviously the big gun, Luka Doncic, with 30 points. Finney Smith had 23 points. He was actually very productive on the night. had also played 39 minutes uh, and uh, grabbed six boards. Reggie Bullock, a big defensive presence. He also had 18 points of his own. So the Dallas Mavericks actually came out and played very played a very solid game. Uh, in every single quarter, and you know the the, the Warriors, you know they they're they're a good team, so they're not going to lose big. Uh, but um, clearly they they weren't all there throughout the entire game, and you know even a big uh fourth quarter by Golden State didn't really help them out a little bit. So um, it, uh, obviously the. Still, my my hearts go out to people in Texas, and you really have to change up the the gun laws in this country. Uh, and I, I stand by Steve Kerr, everything he says, one hundred percent. But hopefully, they're in a better state of mind to close out the series on Thursday. That's at least a hope. And you know, let's see if they'll make it happen. I think they still will win this series. I do not. I think 3-0 in any playoff series for the NBA is a dangerous, uh, dangerous, dangerous thing to be down from. So um, Mavericks are still not still not in a good position. Uh, again, you never know, but I still think the Warriors uh, are too much, and they will head over to the NBA Finals. Going over to the Celtics Heat. The Celtics coming out victorious. 93-80 was your final score in Game 5. And it's a 3-2 series lead for Boston. Uh, what a win for Boston this was. And again, really just goes to show you how tough Boston is. And let's be honest, you know, M- Miami really squeaked by uh, in Boston to uh, get that win at the TD Garden to go up 2-1. But, you know, I'm going to be real here. You know, the Celtics, ever since Game 4, have really dominated the Heat. It, it really does show. You know, the Boston's been really hot, and they're taking advantage of the fact that the Heat, their best player in Jimmy Butler, even though he can come back from a knee injury, you know, it really has shown that the, his production is not quite there. And we have seen in the last couple of games, I think in game four, game four, he only had six points. And then in game five, he only had like 13. So that's not the production that you need out of the heat. And really, it's all up and down this uh, the lineup for the heat. You know, even Bam Adebayo is not putting out the points that he had. He only got 18. So it, again, it, it just stinks that you know, the Heat are in the position that they are, 
knowing that they were one seed, knowing that, you know, while they weren't heavy favorites, that they were still a pretty much a big contender. And the fact that they laid two bad ones against the Celtics in games four and five, uh, it, it's it's not looking good for Miami, and it's looking even better for the Celtics. I've always thought the Celtics were the better team, and they got hot big time, and now they're almost on their way to the NBA Finals uh, where they might face the Warriors. So uh, if that's the case, oh, that's going to be some doozy of a series. I'm going to love that all around. Be sure to follow the Sports Insanity Podcast and the Sports Insanity Network on Twitter and Facebook. Look out for more blogs, more videos, and more other shenanigans across the Sports Insanity Network. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network.